0: Grace, mercy and peace to you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You go, do this, do likewise. The story of the Good Samaritan, it, it's followed by a few lines before that. Jesus says, then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The good Samaritan we find after the lawyer who comes before Jesus and asks him what he must do to inherit eternal life. It's a good question if you're living according to the law. What do I have to do to be saved? Live, love, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. It's a big calling. So, he digs deeper. Who's my neighbor then? Certainly it can't be everybody. Who's my neighbor, Jesus? I need to know so I can justify myself. Then Jesus speaks the parable of the Good Samaritan. Likely, there's a Jew walking between Jerusalem and Jericho, and he's taken upon by robbers. It's kind of a torturous road, I've heard. There's plenty of places to hide, and it wasn't an infrequent thing to happen. He's robbed, beaten, left for dead. Then the priest comes by, the pastor. (laughs) It's uncomfortable to think about that. And he walks by and on the other side of the road, you go, well, you know, maybe the guy was unclean. You know, we don't want to get into the blood. We don't want to get into whatever. Um, But the Levite does the same thing. And Levites were the temple workers. They should know how to show mercy he walks by. Then the Samaritan. Samaritans were enemies of the Jews. They did not get along. They didn't want to be near each other. And he saw him and he had compassion. He became the first responder, if you will. He uh, stabilized him. He medicated his wounds with oil and wine, put him on his donkey his ambulance, you might say, took him to an inn, cared for him overnight. You've ever done that for your own children or somebody? It's exhausting work. The next day, he gives two days' wages to the innkeeper. says, take care of him. You be the nurse now. You take care of him. And I promise to pay you whatever more is needed when I return. No limit Jesus says, Mr. Lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Lawyer says, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus, you go and you do likewise. Luther makes the point that our neighbor, as we speak of or we hear of so frequently in our small catechism, is not... uh, Merely the folks who live on either side of us or across the street. Our neighbor is all that God has created. Everyone who God has created. We're supposed to take care of them. So, you get the picture. In the sight of God, your neighbor and my neighbor is everyone. Complete strangers with nothing to offer. It's risky business. As Christians, we try Our churches donate food and clothing and school supplies and personal items to shelters, places like Lutheran and Child Family Services. We pay taxes. Taxes. Pay them so that welfare programs can be done. Take care of those in need. Take care of our neighbor. We donate donate dollars to missionaries so they can go and preach the good news of the gospel. You yourself, you might go on a mercy mission or vacation. Let's be honest, it's not all work. You and I have probably helped save someone or come to the aid of someone in other situations. Maybe it was just a, a flat tire along the road, or you made a phone call, at least just to report that, hey, these people here, they might be having a problem. Do we do it perfectly every time? When we see someone in need, no. We often pass by on the other side of the road. We avert our eyes. We don't look. And we avert our wallets. Still in there, right? Yeah. Two days' wages and whatever else. But what about Jesus' words? You're right. You go and do Likewise. It's all law given to the one who seeks to justify himself. He asked for the law. He got the law. But Jesus told his disciples, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Luke 10. What would Jesus do? They've seen it. They've seen his mercy and compassion. He would bind the wounds of the man. He would put him on his donkey, keep him in an inn. He would pay two days' wages and whatever else. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus is the good Samaritan, not you and I. So don't get confused. Why? Because we are lousy at it. We are greedy. We are weak. We're sinful. Don't want the trouble. Don't want to fall into the robber's hands ourselves. How many times do we just not want what we give to be misused so we don't give it? What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Jesus died on a cross for sinners, all who God created. The lawyer wanted the law, and he got it. You do likewise, perfectly, without error, ever. Go earn eternal life on your own. At least try and realize you can't. The Bible tells us we are all born sinful. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all fail at justifying ourselves through good works, no matter how many. Try and keep count. Why? They are all tainted with sin, with pride. Here I do the Feeney. I did that. Did you see that? Pastor Feeney always did that in the sermon. I don't know. Give yourself the pat on the back for all the good works you have done. We all do it. Possibly you tell your friends, your neighbors of what you've done. They'll be impressed or they'll really sit there and go, man, why is he telling me this? This is really kind of embarrassing, you know, that he's making good of what he's done. but it will not justify us. It will not erase your sins. It will not cleanse you, no matter how much good work you do. What does that? Faith in Christ Jesus, period. That's what cleanses us from all of our sin. The good Samaritan that suffered, died on a cross, was resurrected to take your broken body full of sin and cleanse it. In baptism, your sin was washed away. Cleansed, you were joined with Christ, and all your sins forgiven. Do we still sin? (laughs) You betcha. We are stuck with this body, this body that will die. We all know it. One day it's going to go away. It has to, so it could be resurrected, imperishable, and perfect. God loves our bodies, God loves our sinful bodies doesn't like what they do doesn't like what we do in them but through Christ he forgives us and he preserves our body in the ground in the grave for the day of the resurrection Jesus binds our wounds cares for us in what you can call a spiritual hospital you're sitting in it we are here we're sick we're terminally sick with sin and we come here and we confess our sins like we did at the beginning of this service. And your sins and mine were forgiven in the stead and by the command of Christ. Not because I say so, because Christ says so. Christ comes with the medicine of immortality. His body and blood for strengthening us on our journey, forgiving our sins, strengthening our faith. Just like that good Samaritan, his wealth, his compassion His mercy is limitless. Don't sit at home and think, gee whiz, Jesus can't take care of this. No, He already has. All sin, all people, forgiven. We sin, you and I, we repent. He forgives. It's boundless love that we can scarcely imagine. But he has given us faith to believe and trust in him and not our works. Yet we do good, God pleasing works every day. We do them out of love for Christ that is in us. Oh, it's mundane to the world. We go to work, we feed our families, we go to church, we teach our children, we change diapers. We take care of parents. And it is all God-pleasing because it's done with faith in Christ. Faith that He has given us. Then Christ works through those He has saved through us to do good and perfect. His good and perfect will. And that will is to call all to Him. They would see what you do and see it pleases Christ. So you go and you do likewise. Not to save yourself, but because Jesus already, the real good Samaritan, has done it for you. In Jesus' name, amen.